This is a month of Thanksgiving, and I love November because of that. Um, kind of look at these. If you get this up for me, Nathan, or do I have to push this button? All right, here we go. The month of November um, is the month of Thanksgiving, and we're going to look at four different areas, and I'll show you those in just a second. I'll kind of give you some of you have asked me, um, you that are visiting with me, with, with us, um, I just got back from a trip with my dad this week. I just watched him for a little bit. He was diagnosed with um, dementia and um, had a good week with him this week. I had to take care of him while my brother was going to sell his house and then come back, and he lives with him um, right now. So just appreciate your prayers. A funny story about him. Sometimes you just don't know what he's going to do. And, and I was talking with him, and I made the statement. I said, Dad, I'm going to leave, and, and I've got to go back down to Tennessee. You be good. And he goes, okay. And he was sitting in his chair, and I reached down. I gave him a hug, and he just put his arms down. He didn't hug me. It was an awkward moment. I was like, are you going to hug me or not? He didn't hug me. And I was like, okay. And I said, I thought, thought to my mind, what have I done? I didn't do anything to him. And then, he, then about three minutes later, he said, so you're leaving. And I said, yeah, I'm leaving. I already told you that. And he said, does that mean you're taking your dog with you? And I was like, yeah, Dad, I'm taking my dog with me. And he fell in love with my dog, Gwen. It's, she's my best dog. And, and um, she would sit there and just he would pet her and pet her and pet her. So... He said, well, bring that dog over here. And he called her name, and Gwen ran up to him, and he started petting her. And lo and behold, I look over, and he's hugging the dog. <laughs> thought, here, he won't hug me, but he'll hug that little dog over there. So I just walked away, and my sister was kind of laughing off to the side. I knew what she was thinking, and I was thinking the same thing. So, But I had some good conversations with him, and you just pray for him with the decisions we have to make with him. He's 87 years old, and um, just, you know, sleeps a lot and just you know we get some good conversations some some just neutral so but I appreciate me being able to go there and I appreciate you letting me go see him so let's just talk about being thankful this is the statement says just plain thankful okay the L is off there but um, just being plain thankful okay so we're going to just be be thankful how many of you think that God wants you to be thankful you come to my house in the, in the end of the hallway it says there's always 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 something to be thankful for you know, there's always something to be thankful for, and this week we're going, to go over, we're going to go over a couple things in here. The first one, we're going to talk about our, our, our family. Even through all this thing, I'm thankful for my family. I got to see my sister and my brother-in-law. I got to spend time with my niece. I don't know if I'm thankful about that, but I got to see her, amen? And so we've got to be thankful for our family. We've got to be thankful for our church. You know, it's something about when Wayne goes into surgery on Wednesday and there's church members praying for him what the church is all about. We're going to talk about our world. We might look at it and say, oh, what do we have to be thankful for our world? You know what I'm t referring to? I'm referring to our missionaries. Missionaries all over the world that are doing the work for us. And of course, the last one, and I, you might think I got this out of order, but I wanted to go through these other ones because the last one is just thanking, thanking God for who He is. You know, we have a lot to be thankful for, and so often we are not thankful, and God knows it, and He wants us to be thankful. If you're not thankful, what are you normally? Can I tell you what you normally are if you're not thankful? You're normally negative. So you can either choose to be thankful or you can choose to be negative. Who do you want to spend more of your time with? Someone that's negative or someone that's thankful and positive? You know, I, I, I'm th so thankful when Mark Gardner's in the, in the service. Now he'll say amen sometimes. I'll go, why do you say amen that time? But you know what? There's something about that southern amen that just gets me, amen? You know when he's not in the service. And then there's... 
I get, see, that's one of those times, Larry Hilton, you shouldn't say amen, but okay, all right, but we'll, we'll talk about that later, okay, so thank, thank you for disrupting the whole service, okay, but um, I'm not going to give you anything new. A lot of preachers try to get up and give you something new. I'm just going to give you a little reminder of what the Bible says. I'm going to look at what David said in one passage and really what, what, what the Apostle Paul says. I'm going to have the men, if there, are there some of these in the back, Daniel? All right, can some of the men that are ushers grab some of these and pass these out? And don't write on these until after the service. You'll see up here, if you're visiting with us, you can still participate. Don't put your name on them. I don't want to know your name on this. But the, end, the beginning of next service tonight or the next service you come to, you just drop it in here. It just basically, if I were to pick one up, these are all the things we've been thankful for for the last two years. And I'm, when, I, when I read this, um, thankful for the Lord, for transportation, clothes, house, financial news, health, trust in the Lord, God's direction, God's teaching and right living, a place of worship. You know when I'm having a bad day, this sits in my office throughout the year. When I'm having a bad day, I'll just open up, randomly pick one. And it's amazing what I've read in there. I'm thankful for the grass. I saw someone write. I'm thankful for the grass that it grows. And then one of them said, and the same person must mow their yard a lot. It might be Bobby that wrote this. And he said, I'm thankful for the way the grass smells when I cut it. And then, then they went on the smelling side of it. I'm thankful for the smell of rain. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. There's a lot of things you can be thankful for. These are red. The other ones are yellow and orange. So this year will be red and they'll be dropped in there. And throughout the whole month, we'll be putting those in there. You say, why do we do this? Because I think we need to be reminded that we need to be thankful for what we have. When I'm sitting there and I'm watching my dad and he's not got much emotion, I want the end of my life to be thankful for what God's done. Thankful for God's family. Thankful for God's church. Thankful for my family. Thankful for who God is in my life. We need to get back to understanding what we're thankful for. There's a verse that we're going through this, this, this year, and it's, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You've got to make it a choice if you're going to be thankful. You've got to make it a choice if you're going to serve. We will serve the Lord. And I'm going to tell, you know, in my house, it's me and my wife. If one of us is negative, it affects the other one. Amen? And so when I go home, I want to be positive. And you know what? There's always something to be complaining about. There's always something to be complaining about. But you've got to choose half full or half empty. So we're going to break these down, and we're going to go over what we're thankful for. The first one, we're going to be thankful for our family. Now, before we get into this, let's just put this where it needs to be. Every family has crazies in them. Right? If you don't have one in your family, you're probably the one. <laughs> so if you answer that question and said, you know what, there's not very many crazy people, you might, 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 might take a silent poll in your family and see if you're that one. There's going to be arguments in your family. There's going, to be, there's going to be problems in your family. There's going to be mean people in your family. There's going to be loud people in your family. There's one particular person that I go out to eat with. I know everybody at the restaurant is going to stare at us because he is going to be loud. And the problem is he's funny and he plays on it and then everybody, in the, everybody else starts laughing. The, the waitress and waiters will start laughing and then that just eggs him on even more. We all have those people. My, my, my wife had a, he's since passed away, but he was very athletic when he was younger. His name was Uncle, Uncle Lee. And 
I did not know he was very athletic. I just knew him as, he, as an adult, and he wasn't all there as an adult. And I remember going out and playing croquet, and I thought, this is going to be easy. I like to play croquet. All right, anyway, with the same rules all the time. Anyway, all right. So I go out and I play him, and he beats me. That really irritated me. This man's not all there, and he beat me. Fairly easy. And so I said, okay, we're going to play again. And then I had in my mentality that I'm going to play until I win. Finally, I'll never forget, we started about 5 o'clock at night. Finally, some people came out of the house and said, listen, it's dark out here. You need to come in. And then all, I couldn't even see where he was at, but I saw him laughing. I heard him laughing. And I thought, this man beat me about 10 games in a row. We all have those people in our family. Some of us more than others. Families are not going to be perfect. With that said, the next one, next week we're talking about um, the church. We're going to talk about the church. And you know what? All churches are not perfect. There's going to be some problems with them. We're going to talk about the world. We're going to talk about God. But you might ask this question when you talk about your family. I don't know what this is doing. All right, here we go. It's going wherever it wants to go. Am I doing something wrong? All right. I'm going to ask these questions. Have you, in your mind, have you ever heard this statement when, when someone says something about your family, you say, my family? How can my family have something to be thankful for? You know, if you were to take these 10, I could easily write 10 things I'm thankful for my family. Easy. It would just be people. It could be attributes that they, they give to the family. There are some people that are leaders in my family. There's other people that are followers. But you need, all, you need both of them. Can you imagine if everybody in your family was a leader? The statement my mom would use, my mama used to say, she'd say, too many chiefs, not enough Indians. And I, I knew exactly what that meant. You know, in our life, we've got to be able to understand your family can be a, thank, be a thankful aspect of your life. And you say, some of you are saying, well, I've always thought that. Well, there are some people that don't think that. But we need to get back to understanding what being thankful is. There's three questions we're going to answer, and, and this is way out, of, way out of order. I don't know what's going on with it. We're going to answer, answer these, these three questions. The first one is this. It's saying, how do I find something to be thankful for? in my family. How do we find something to be thankful for? The next one is, who do we talk to? Who are you talking about? And the last one is, when do we have to do this? So let's look at the first one. I don't know what they're doing up there, but we're going to go to how. And I'm going to give you three, wor three words in, in this, and I want you to get the understanding of how you can be thankful for what's going on in your family, even in the midst of turmoil. You know, this thing with my, my sister passing away and my dad going through this, there can still be peace in a family. You still understand that God has something for you. Through your struggles and your, and your trials, God has something for you. Through your surgeries, your sicknesses, God has something for you. And so when you get to the how, there's three words, and I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5 real quick. Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to look at the first, first it's actually three words in this one. And it's kind of different if we can get to it. Is it not playing right now, Daniel? 
Ephesians chapter 5, I'm going to give you three words on the first one, and it's the word unto, as, and in. Let's look at this real quick. In Ephesians chapter 5, these words are found in this, and sometimes we don't, we don't understand all these. Ephesians chapter 5 and, verse, and Ephesians chapter 6, the word as, um, unto, and in. So Ephesians chapter 5 verse 6, let's look at some of these verses. Go to verse number 22. And you're saying, I know you're going to talk about this when you're talking about the family. Because you're a Baptist preacher and you always bring this verse up. No, I want you to see a little bit more than what you're going to see. Because it says this, bless God, wives submit yourselves unto your own husbands. That's a verse that I love. And I know Denver really loves that verse. And Wayne loves that verse. Now Alan's scared of that verse. But there's other people that like that verse. And it says, wives submit yourselves unto your own husband. Now watch this. There's that word unto. As what? Unto the Lord. See, we get all confused about this. It's basically the whole, whole attribute of who or how we do this is we only do it through the, through the Lord. We can't do what we, what we should do unless we have God in it. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Look at verse 25. It says, Husbands, love your wife even what? As Christ. These little words are added in there showing you that you can't love your wife right unless you're doing it through as Christ would do it. Wives, you can't submit until you do it as unto the Lord. Man, I've got a wife that's got an opinion. I've got a wife that, that sometimes doesn't think like I do. In fact, most of the time she doesn't. And sometimes when she acts like me, I, start, I said, I need to start praying for you because you're acting. We were having this conversation. She answered two questions yesterday that the way I would answer. And I said, honey, you, you need to do what's right. Don't go my direction. Unto the Lord as in. And so, and as you, as you keep reading, go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Now all the kids are going, I knew you were going to bring this one up. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 says this, Children, obey your parents. What's the next word? In the Lord. You know what? That's not only something for parents, but it's also for the, for, it's not only for the children, it's for the parents. You've got to do the things as the Lord would do it for your children to obey you. Look at this verse. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. It didn't say children, obey your parents... It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. You've got, they've got to do what God wants them to do. God is the premise of this whole thing, of how we do it. You know when I get in trouble is when I try to do what I want to do, rather than what God wants me to do. Okay, answer this question. I want a raising of hands. How many times do you want to do your thing over what God wants you to do? How many of you say, you know, I do it a lot. I do it a lot where I want to do things and it's not necessarily the way God wants me to do them. I do that all the time. And I'm a preacher. And, and, and I've been in the ministry for many years. But God wants us to see unto, as, and in. These are very important words. Go to the next one. Go to, go, drop down to verse number 4. And, and ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up, what? In... The nurture and admonition of the Lord. You know, here we're supposed, to, we're supposed to go again. The whole aspect of this, how you do this, is you do it by God's help. And it should be like that in every part of your life. Your opinion 
sometimes doesn't matter. Amen? I hear that southern amen, amen? Your opinion doesn't matter. Now, I'm going to say this to you. See, so I'm going to help you. If she looks at you and says something and you turn around and say, you know what, pastor said your opinion really doesn't matter. That's not what I'm saying. But when it comes to what I am going to do, my opinion doesn't matter. It's what God wants me to do. Because sometimes, you know what I do? I do what I want to do. Rather than what God wants me to do. Do you do the same thing? <laughs> do you ever get mad over the dumbest things? My Bible says, I'm supposed to have peace in my life. <laughs> I sometimes force peace out because of the way that I act. Because I don't have God backing up what I'm doing. I want God on my side. And He's on my side, but I want Him to understand I don't need to make a decision in my family unless God is behind it. We had a family that came to our church. I remember the girl's name. The, last, the oldest daughter's name was Wendy. She came to our church in Illinois and she started coming. They were very faithful. They were not going to church before. They came and they were very faithful and doing everything. It felt like they were going in the right direction. I'll never forget this. Her, her dad walked up to me on one Sunday and they had like seven kids. And he said to me, he said, we are going to move. And he said, the town. And I said, have you prayed about this? He said, not really. And I said, well, what's making you move? He said, I'm getting a job where they're going to pay me $2 more an hour. And I said, how many hours are you working? He said, 40 hours. I said, so you're moving for $80 a week. And you can multiply that out during the year. Then I made this statement to him. I said, is there a good church for your kids to go because they just started getting involved? He said, I don't think there's a church, but we'll find one. Fast forward about three or four years. They came back and visited in the area for something and they came back to church and I looked at Wendy and I could tell by the way she was looking, she hadn't been in church for a long time. See, we make decisions sometimes based on the wrong thing. I mean, I saw her, their kids getting involved and doing certain things and it's not all about the church, but I want to tell you, you better be going to a good church if you move. And that's not what they did. Last time I checked, they weren't going to church. The kids were going the wrong direction. Sometimes we make the wrong decision and God's not in it. And it's over really ridiculous things in our life. And so you get in there and you look and you say, well, how in the world can I get through these things? You know, there are people in the Bible that had some bad homes. Do you not think Joseph would be one of them? Can you imagine the decisions that could have altered his life, but he chose to do what's right? What about David and his own brothers? They did some things to the, to the situation to him. They made it worse. Daniel was pulled out of his family and raised by the king, and yet he still obeyed what his family had set up. We've got a lot to be thankful for. How do we do it? We can't do it unless God is behind us. We can't do it without God directing our decision. We can't obey. Children won't obey their children in the Lord. We, wives won't submit as unto the Lord. Dads will not love their wives as their own bodies unless God is in it. So the second question is this. It says the second part of it is peace. You know what God wants us to do? He wants us to have all this thing and based on God. But He also wants us to have peace. Have you ever been in a situation where there's no peace? 
I know families where all it is is argument. There's no peace whatsoever. You sit there and they argue about so many different things. See, the first one, Christ is the direction. The second one, Christ is the example. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. We'll stay in Ephesians, this portion of Scripture. Ephesians chapter 2. And look at this verse. Look at verse number 14. Ephesians 2 verse 14. It says, but in verse number 14 it says, For he is our what? Peace. Who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. Keep reading it, it says, and, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached what? Peace. You know what? God wants us to have peace in our life. <laughs> Even in the midst of storms. We've had two, two preachers came up, preached basically on the same story, and they preached about that storm. The boat's going, rocking, and it's about ready to go under, and guess what? Jesus is sleeping. Why? Because he knows who's in charge. You want me to show you that God has more? He's more in charge than you are? Try this. And you've got to be in a big group of people that you don't know. Let's say you're going to Walmart and everybody's waiting for the storm to go before you can run out to your car. Here's what I want you to do. Just walk outside of Walmart in front of everybody and say, listen, I'm going to take care of this. And just go, peace, be still, and then just walk to your car. You know what they're going to, and if you do that, please don't have a Bible Baptist Church sticker on the back of your car. That just shows you the absurdity of that, that statement of how powerful God is. He was sleeping. He had peace. And he even had peace, Bernard, when he prayed. Lord, if you want to take this cup. But if not, I'm willing to drink of this cup. And peace. Do you not think if God had peace that he wants you to have peace? Absolutely he does. You know how you can do this with your family? Through Christ, through peace. And this last one you say, my family and kindness, can we even do that? You know what God wants in your life? Kindness. You're not always going to agree with everybody in your family. Last night, watch, football, Hallmark Christmas. Foot, there's not even a choice. We watch Hallmark Christmas, amen? I sacrificed myself to watch Hallmark Christmas. Every Hallmark... Hallmark show. She's my wife's giving me look. Don't look over at her. All right. Every Hallmark show has the same thing. They're going to try to kiss the first time. They're not going to kiss. The very end, they're going to kiss. They're going to get mad at each other. They're going to come back. Someone has a parent that's passed away somewhere in the story. And you're going to think, hey. And then they come up with these names. Where They're running out of Christmas names. What was the one we watched last night? Bright and Merry. Amen. And it's the same people in all the shows. Amen. I just saw you kissing another girl in the last show. 
We watched Hallmark. Amen? Why are your, why are your eyebrows up? We watch, do we watch Hallmark? Say amen. Okay, all right, here we go. All right. We're going to have a conversation when we get home. All right, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, I want you to see this because if anything, God wants you to do this. Ephesians chapter 4, little verse number 25. Look at these verses. It says, Wherefore, putting away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not, let not sin go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. We talked about this in Sunday school, in my class this week. And you know what happens is we get mad at each other as a family, we go to bed, and we think everything's going to be okay when we wake up. That never happens. We just give the devil place and then he runs with it. We've got to watch what we're doing. Keep reading it. It says this, Let him that steal, stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, and that he, may, my, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. Can I say this as a family? You can't take back words that you say. There are times when I disagree with people in my family, I've got to bite my lip. Because once they're out, they can't be put back in. Edify. 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 Keep reading. It says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. And verse number 31 gives you a list of what you're supposed to be away from. But look at verse number 32. This should be your family of how to have thankfulness about your family. Is found in verse number 32. And be ye kind one to another. It does not say hard-hearted. It says tender-hearted. Forgiving one another. I'm glad that Paul didn't end it, Brother Castle, right there. Because when he's talking, he says this, he says, and forgiving one another, boom, it could have been ended. But you know what Paul writes? He writes this last little statement. It says this, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. You can forgive people when you realize what God has forgiven in your life. So you need to understand how it's the unto, as, and in. The reference is going back to understanding that God can only do this for me. There's a peace, there's a kindness. And the next one is this. Who has to do this? I'm glad you asked. Go to Psalm chapter 150. We're going to read the whole chapter and we're going to be done with this. Psalm chapter 150. David writes this. And Psalm 150 says this. And when you get to thanking the Lord and praising the Lord for what He's done, this is the verse, this is the chapter I always go to. It says in this, it says, um, in verse number 1, it says, Praise ye the Lord, praise God in His sanctuary, praise Him in the ferment of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts, praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the, the trumpet, praise Him with the psaltery and the harp, praise Him with the timbrel and the dance, praise Him with the stringed instrument and organs. Praise Him with the loud cymbals, praise Him upon His high-sounding cymbals. Look at the next verse, and here it is. Let everything that hath breath Praise ye the Lord. Then it says this, praise ye the Lord. Now, here's what I want you to do. Take your hand, put it over your mouth. If there's air coming out of that, you know what that means? That verse tells me that I need to be praising the Lord for what he's done. That's, that's who is supposed to do it. So the answer to who is what? Everybody. And the last part is this, the when. When do we need to praise him? When do we need to praise him? I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Go back to Ephesians chapter 5 and we're almost done. Ephesians chapter 5. So we got the how. It's got to be about God. There's got to be some peace in your life. There's got to be kindness. The who is everyone. And the when, you're going to like this, the when is also found in Ephesians chapter 5. And so as we turn to Ephesians chapter 5, I want you to look at this. Ephesians, 
Ephesians chapter 5 says this. There's a couple of verses I want you to look. At the first verse, is in verse number 1, it says, At Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for, his, for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. So my question to you is this. When should, we, when should we walk in love? When should we walk in love with this verse? So There's going to be one word, and I want you to get this. Let's say it together. Always. When should we walk in love? The verse says in verses 1 and 2 that we should always be walking in love. Well, you just don't know what people have done to me. Jesus was talking to His disciples. And we forget this all the time. He says to him, He says, listen, if someone smites thee on one cheek, what are you supposed to do? Punch him in the nose. That's not what Jesus said. He said, turn the other cheek. We sometimes forget that. We all have these people in our family that drive us crazy. I didn't get to say goodbye to my sister. My sister was one of the meanest people I've ever met. And I'll never get to say goodbye to her. I don't know what she was going through. She's 71 years old. I don't know what she had going for her, but I know one thing, she liked to have arguments. Now my other sister, there's love involved with my other sister. When I left yesterday, she did hug me. She texted me and my sister-in-law was texting me to make sure I was getting home all right. You know, we've got to walk in love always. Because you don't know what's going to happen right around the corner. Go to the next verse. In verse number um, 15 through 17, it says, See ye then ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Has anybody ever walked up to you and said, You know you're foolish? Is that a good thing for you to hear? No. You know what you're supposed to be doing? Walking in wisdom. How do you get wisdom? Through God. And, and, and Paul is writing this. He says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but, but, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. If I ask you this question, when are you supposed to walk circumspectly? When are you supposed to walk upright? When is the answer? Always. Keep reading. Go to verse number 18. It says, And be ye not drunk with wine where in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Let me ask you this simple question. When are you supposed to be filled with the Spirit? Always. Go to the next verse. Speaking yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual song, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. When are you supposed to be making melody in your heart? When? Always. You say, well, that's very hard to do, Pastor Wagner. I know that. There's times sometimes when I just want to have a bad attitude. But when I have a bad attitude, you think I'm filled with the Spirit? You think God wants me to be filled with the Spirit or filled with myself? <laughs> when do you get in trouble? When you're filled with yourself or you're filled with the Spirit? It's when you're filled with your, yourself. Keep reading. The next word says, giving thanks always. When are we supposed to give thanks? That's why when my mom had cancer, she could go in to see the doctor and bring cookies and, and pies and cakes and give them to everybody. When she was riddled with pain, she still had a smile on her face. She understood what thankfulness really was. That's why when she died when she was in her 70s that she had a very large funeral because she was always filled with thanks. Was she perfect? No. I remember the first time I said something to my wife and I figured out real quick when you get married you don't ever say this statement. That's not the way my mom does it. 
And you really don't say it when your mom's there and she can back you up. That's even double whammy. Remember when we first got married and my mom came and visited. And um, my, they were fixed, we were fixing a meal and she looked at my wife and she said, and listen, I'm making mashed potatoes. And she said, I, I've got all these potatoes boiling. And she said, do you have a potato smasher? Is that what you called it, a potato smasher? And um, my wife goes, no. And I remember my mom, like, she didn't say anything, but looks could kill. It's like, what kind of wife are you if you don't have a potato smasher? And I could see my wife just deflating with this. And, and, and I had to kind of step in. And then I realized real quick I needed to step out. Amen. <laughs> but, you know, real quick, you know, we're, we're not always going to be perfect. But the Bible, when I ask you these questions, we need to walk in love always. We need to walk circumspectly always. We need to be filled with the Spirit always. We need to make, be making melody always. We need to be giving thanks always. And then go to the last one. It says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. When do you need to submit yourselves one to another? Always. Say, Pastor Wagner, why are you saying this? Because life is too short to understand that we should not be thankful. We need to be thankful all the time. Too many families are broken. Too many families are not speaking. Too many families are angry. Too many families are um, dysfunctional. And too many families are mad. Let me add a different word into this. Too many Christian families are broken. Too many Christian families are not speaking. Too many Christian families are angry. Too many Christian families are dysfunctional. Too many Christian families are mad. I would give anything to talk to my mom. I'd give anything to talk to my sister. And I'd give anything to have a real conversation with my father. Some things aren't going to happen. So you might as well be thankful while you can. Let's be more like Christ. So the insiders in our family and the outsiders, the outside of our family, can see what God wants us to be. See, the red sheets are things that you've got to be thankful for for your family this week. Write some things down. You don't need to put names down. I want you, you say, well, why do we have to put it on a piece of paper? Because if you do the homework, you'll think more about it. What are we doing to be thankful for our family? Pick up the phone. Call them. It's pretty sad when your sister passes away and you have to debate with your family to call her own son to tell her own son that her mother had died, that his mother had died. That's too far. We need to be thankful. I have a lot to be thankful for. Megan, James, the hoodlum, little Elena. She comes in our life and she stays more than one day. It wears us slap out. If I could just bottle that energy up and take a pill with whatever she's taking, it'd be great. I have another daughter that I will only see maybe once or twice a year living out in the state of California, married to a, 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 a man out in California working in a ministry. I have a lot to be thankful for. I have a brother that you'll see come to our church that when I was growing up, I never remember him going to church or very seldom did he go to church. 
I have a, a, a brother-in-law that is dear friends of ours that is going through a lot of stuff in his family. We have a lot to be thankful for.